Listener Production. The creators of this podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which it is recorded. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are the first storytellers of this land. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, as well as any Indigenous people who may be listening today. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated MA for mature audiences. It may contain sexual references, time travel references, allegations of bin misconduct, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that this episode is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who thinks a comedy conversation between two old mates sounds like a terrible idea for a show. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax, this is Tofop, I'm Charlie Clawson. <laughs> I'm Will Anderson, hello and thank you for watching. Uh, what was everyone relax? What's that about? I don't know, it's just a bit of like old school Ed Sullivan kind of intro. Everyone relax, yeah. it's your two favourite funny men, Charlie Clawson and Will Relax. That <laughs> was amazing. That was surprisingly, uh, for someone whose lung capacity I managed diminished over the years, that was an impressive. Mm. Uh, I could have kept going. I only stopped because I assumed it was getting annoying. <laughs> <laughs> People just like hitting their phones, going, what's going on? It's stalled. God damn it. Maybe we should do that. Maybe that's how we should start the podcast from now on. And it should just be like we start with just seeing how long we can do the. All right. Uh, okay, let's do it on the count of three okay. and we'll see who can All do right. it longer. Ready? So, yeah. Okay. Uh, one, two, three. And- <laughs> We're on the relax. <laughs> I think that should be the new opening. <laughs> and I think if we get good at it, like it's like, you know, you increase your lung capacity. Houdini yeah. could hold his breath for eight minutes. Imagine if by like the end of 2024, that intro. Yeah, the 45 minutes. <laughs> 45 minutes of uh, and five minutes of actual content. Yeah. I'm, I'm down. I'm down. It's, um, it's good being home, Will. Uh, I, I like it. It's uh, an interesting transition, um, not only just going from, you know, having to be on sort of TV every day. So I, I don't like shaving all the time, but I have to shave, you know, every day yeah. and do my hair and Keep stuff. yourself camera ready. Camera ready. But I've been back a week now and not only just back, but back in the Northern Rivers. And I'd forgotten that, like, I, I still in the mindset of, you know, not just, you know, doing getaway, but having traveling around Europe before that, worrying what I was wearing. Oh, well, you know, I should go out and we'll look presentable. But then I forgot that up here it's like everything's presentable, man. Like I literally had to go to the shops just before we started recording. And as I was getting dressed and Jim's like, what are you doing? Just go in your pyjamas. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. You'll be overdressed yeah. for the local shops in your PJs. Take your shoes off to walk into the supermarket. Yeah. That's <laughs> what are you doing going out dressed? What, are you going to some sort of ball? <laughs> oh, look at you. Oh, Prince Charming here waiting for Cinderella. There's your glass slipper, your majesty. <laughs> Didn't realise you were going for a meeting with the royal family, sir. 
Oh, it's the best. It's I, I've, mm. I'd forgotten. You actually put me onto this. The idea that, because we talked about pajamas once upon a time. And you're like, hey, man, like whatever I'm wearing, that's my pajamas. And I'm like, ah. Oh. So I started doing that. Like I'll just roll into bed and roll out of bed in the same clothes. It's like, well, I'll save myself like five minutes. Cut out the dress. man. <laughs> Something I learned from the good people at Movement Sunglasses and Watches. I said, you know what the trouble is? It's that bloody middleman. And that's pajamas are the middleman of clothing. And I just went, you know what? I'm just going to cut it out. I'm just going to wear the same thing during the day as I wear at night. It's the best. It's so good. And because you're right, like predominantly the clothes I wear are comfortable clothes. So I can sleep in them. Like what I get about in the in, in the day, and especially now that's a bit warmer and stuff. T-shirt and shorts. That's 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 good. Sort of like my my thing about pajamas is what if there's a knock at the door in the middle of the night and I have to like you know get up? Do I want to be presentable in that situation? Like presumably there's a fire or a madman loose in the neighbourhood or something like that. And they've knocked. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, none of the madman's knock. My neighbours have not to say that's there's a madman nice. loose. Well, that's very nice that your neighbours, in the midst of a madman being loose in the neighbourhood, have taken the time to go around the neighbours and knock and say, "Excuse me, just just so you know, there's a madman what? on the How loose." How would you let your neighbours know there's a madman? On I the would loose? not. <laughs> You'd lock the doors. There's a madman on the loose. Haven't you heard? <laughs> not going out in public, door to door, when there's a madman on the loose. But firstly, that's the perfect way to make yourself susceptible to the madman. But secondly, you might also be mistaken for the madman by someone who's a neighbor who already heard that there's a madman on the loose and is behind their front door with a shotgun. And then suddenly you roll up to their front steps, knock, 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 a couple of bullets through the chest. <laughs> Are we getting more of an insight into your neighbors rather than like, you know, compassionate community strategy? I, I, if I heard a knock, if I knew there was a madman on the loose and I heard a knock, yeah. Well, You'd assume it wasn't the madman. No, but you're right. I wouldn't be opening the door. Yeah, I, you're right. If it was because a- you're heightened as well. If there's a madman on the loose, right, and yeah. you've heard, like, say, someone's called you. Yeah, they haven't come around and knocked on your door. I think that would be my first step. I'd okay. be calling people from the safety of my house yeah. rather than going. <laughs> you know what I should do? <laughs> Get outside. On foot. On foot and then start going door to door, knocking on people's door. Because I'm not up for that at the best of times. And you're like, I want to protect myself in case I see this madman. So I'll put on this hockey mask and I might need some protection. So I'll get this butcher's knife and I'll go around and I'll alert my neighbours. <laughs> There's a madman on the loose. How did you have so a that They're not worried. <laughs> and we got shot. For some reason, we're wearing a hockey mask. I'll fashion a, a glove out of knives. <laughs> <laughs> Just I'll put in on case this, I run into the madman. This warm, stripy top and my yeah. father's fedora which uh, seems anyway, appropriate in this instance i'll just grab this halloween ghost ghost uh, <laughs> mask that i have hanging near the front door and i'll put that on for protection <laughs> from the madman that is on the loose um so yeah so like there's a madman on the loose um you've been rung by the neighbors to say hey lock the doors stay inside there's a madman on the loose because that would be the advice i'd be giving people it yeah. wouldn't be do not could you also go door to door knock on other people's door yeah, make sure you wear a hockey mask for protection <laughs> here's a spare hockey mask that i had that you can take with you and here's this you know what i had this beanie and this stripy shirt just hanging around <laughs> if you want that you know um so um, yeah, so you've rung them and then, yeah, if if I've heard there's a madman on the loose and then there's a knock at the door, my immediate suspicion is that it's the madman. Yeah, that's or true. Or a madman, yeah, right? I guess because in, in, you know, when you live sort of semi-rurally, people don't tend to, only strangers knock because your neighbours know you, they'll call out, you, woo, woo. Mm. 
Lou, <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> something like that. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> or they'll open. They'll, they they feel emboldened to just walk in. That's the one thing that's actually taken some adjustment up here. Is uh, like Jem's still very much in that mindset of locking the doors. And I'm like, have you noticed that no one locks their doors here? Like every time we've gone around to a friend's place, they're not home. They're just like, I'll let yourself in or just drop it off or whatever. No one locks doors. But Jem's still much like, no, 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 we, we have to lock the doors up here. I'm like, from who? Like no one's stealing from each other. We all, it's a very small town. I, mean, I know, but there is something about like I, I'm not fond of the drop-in, right? Like I just want a warning that somebody's coming around. And I notice in the country in particular, people just are happy enough to just like Walk drop up in to your front door and, and peer whenever. in through the window. It's like you don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, and the thing is, it's not like I'm doing anything that like, you know, it's not like I'm doing like having wild orgies or like doing something that's like illegal or anything like that. It's just just the normal stuff I do. I don't want people to see. Yeah. yeah. You know? That's the embarrassing stuff. Is that mm. what you actually is actually how you live your life? Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't want people to see how I actually live my life. That's that's the shame that I want to hide from the public. No, I just don't like. I like to be warned when yeah. I'm going to have a visitor of any kind. I think. Yeah, I agree. I hundred percent agree. We had we've had deliveries coming all week, just like bits of bits and pieces, and um, I wasn't. Gem. They texted Gem, not me, and so I wasn't aware. And there was that knock at the door. I was down. I was actually doing a recording a faux fop with podcast Mike, and there was a knock, which turned out to be like a mattress delivery man or something like that. But I was like, I had that millennial reaction, like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> you know? Now they say like millennials, they won't answer their phones or they won't like they can't do like census or surveys or whatever with millennials because they just won't respond to any form of contact. That was me. I get that. So the other night, I went to um, it was the rap party for Question Everything. All the episodes available on ABSO iView. Check them out over the summer. Um, and uh, because I'm not on social media anymore, I even went a step further. I was, I'm like, I'm going to this rap party. I'm not going to take my phone. I don't need my phone. Like, I'm going to go and talk to all the people who worked on the show, like have conversations with them. And like, I, what do I need my phone for? Like anything that- So you can you see know, any- who uh, the Bulldogs took in the draft. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, all that information will be available to me in a few hours from now when I get home from this thing. You know, there is nothing that will happen in the next two or three hours that is so urgent that I need to know about it while I'm at this rap party. And I did not take my phone to the party. And the only time that became a problem was was when I was telling a couple of people at the party about a funny video I had on my phone. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm going to have to send that to you after this party. But apart from that, that was the only and, – and it was great. I was really into it. And I think – like, I, I want to return to that idea of, you know, like I'm not saying that I don't want to be communicated with at all, mm-hmm. but I just like that idea that it's on your own terms. Yeah. That, you know, like, like, like you said, if I want to know who the Bulldogs took in the AFL draft, it's not like that information was released on a Snapchat that will dissolve if I don't check it within the next couple of hours. Yeah. It will still it's be available mission, It's to not me. Mission Impossible. Right. Like yeah, these draftees right. will stop distracting. these guys and if you don't see the information within five seconds of it coming out, you'll <laughs> never find out who the Bulldogs have drafted. Uh, that 
uh, draft period. So I was recording a uh, Two Guys, One Cup, my club with Broden Kelly, and uh, the draft was actually happening at the time. So we were actually talking about it as we were recording. Two Guys, One Cup, some series, my club, out now. Uh, Adam Zwar and Broden Kelly, by the time this episode comes out, you can check it out. They'll be playing all summer. On the Listener app. On the Exclusive listener. to the Listener Exclusive app. to the Listener app. Um, but we were sort of like talking about the, the draft picks and I was like, oh, that's right, it's draft night. And then afterwards I saw who the Saints picked up. And then I've spent the last like two or three days looking at all the highlights packages of the four young draftees we've, we've picked up. And Gemma was looking over my shoulder and she's like, what are you looking at? And I said, oh, it's um, the Saints uh, the Saints picked up in the draft. She said, it's videos of teenage boys running around Just playing sport. Some- Hot, sporty, young teenage boys. Yeah, it depends. If you if the you context search draft, so if you important. search draft highlights, that's fine. Yeah. If you search hot, athletic, <laughs> young, sweaty, fifteen-year-old boys, yeah. then suddenly you go into some government watch list. But it sort of got me thinking. I know it's been in the sort of comedy zeitgeist. I've seen a couple of stand-ups at least make jokes about how absurd it is that I follow these boys. You know, I'm obsessed with these boys who wear a number because I have an affection for a university or whatever. But it did start me thinking about, is there a point at which this is unbecoming? Like me getting super excited about Because I did. I was like, oh, look at these teenagers and they could be anything. You know, maybe this is the path to the promised land and stuff. But then- I'm also a 45-year-old man looking at like a video of a 17-year-old playing, you know, state rep footy. And like is it unbecoming? Like at what state? If I'm 60 years old and I'm looking at video highlights and, I, and I'm not involved professionally in football, does it become strange at a certain point? Is it like if I met a 67-year-old guy who was still way into his Marvel movies and stuff, I'd be like, ah, oh. I mean, I guess it's kind of cool that you got something. but it's unbecoming. <laughs> oh, I don't think so. Like, I mean, firstly, they're almost legal. <laughs> Seventeen-year-old boys. It's not. <laughs> That's not my primary concern, but actually, it's probably it should be. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, you're not looking at them in some. Like, I mean, this is the. I mean, the comic conceit is that yeah. you're, you know, you're but you're looking boys. at in any other context, fo- following teenage boys around would be considered yeah. weird. Yes, but. But also, I don't think it's weird to, like, if I walk past the skate park, like yesterday I was walking past the the skate bowl in Bondi, and there was just these, like, like I would imagine boys from sort of like 9 to 14, I would say, just such good skaters. And I stopped and watched them skate for a while. And, like, technically, yes, I was, a, like, a stranger lurking by the skate bowl, like, watching, like, you know. But I wasn't, like, watching them in, like, a – like, it wasn't turning me on. Yeah. I was watching them because they have, like, a great skill at what they do and I was impressed by the skill of what they do. Like, there wasn't anything – like, it's 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 sad and weird that, that there should be anything wrong with that because, like, there shouldn't be because if my intentions are – like pure to enjoy some young person enjoying what they're good at and like see their skill. I don't think there is anything weird about that. I think it's sad that we live in a world where, you know, obviously people have corrupted that because there are people who are bad actors in those, you know, sorts of situations. But it's the same thing about, um, you know, young athletes. It's like these people play these sports at a young age and watching somebody young be able to perform a skill that is normally, you know, performed by adults. There is something really 
intoxicating about that. I think there's, I think it's cool. I, I think, I, but I think what I'm talking about specifically is not so much admiring an athlete or admiring someone who's skillful at something. It is the, is it unbecoming to have that kind of giddy fandom? Like I'm reacting like a One Direction fan might react, you know, with the release of a new album about these new crop of draftees. Like I'm excited. I'm reading everything I can. I'm texting my friends about it. And it's like, at some point, does that become unbecoming? It's the, not so much the- I don't the, know. Why? Why is it unbecoming? Uh, I just because it's like grow out, grow up, like get out why? of it. Like, why? Why are, are you pinning on what your you, dreams and hopes? What, to what these should things? you be doing? Oh, sitting down, looking at my tax file number and like what receipts I've put in this year and well, how many deductions I'll get. that's what old people tend to get. do, don't they? <laughs> that's but what I, I mean, see old people is do. That, is that what you want to be doing with your time? Like what would you rather be doing with your time? What do you think would be a better use of your time? I mean like- Oh, but I don't know, being with spending time with my wife and kid. Ugh, boring. <laughs> <laughs> Podcasting with my mate. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It just, the, 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 I just wondered if I was ever going to grow out of it, like if this sort of sense of kind of like excitement over – because, you know, preseason is the best time of the year for an AFL fan because it's all potential and, and you know, you're, you're reading training reports and stuff. But I was like, oh, this is interesting that I – you know, I'm pretty much middle-aged. I am middle-aged by life expectancy mm. and I'm still sort of like- And by dictionary definition. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, how old are you? You're 45, 45 which is the middle age. Yeah. I mean, if I'm lucky, if I'm lucky, I think life expectancy for men in Australia is like 80-something. So, mate, if I'm halfway, I'm less, I'm over halfway. I'm past the Rubicon. <laughs> well, you know, middle age is technically 45 to 65. Right. Oh. Optimistic if you think sixty-five is middle age. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then, well, if I'm sixty-five though, yeah. and I'm still reading like training report, look, mm. a if the Saints haven't won a flag in, in another twenty years, then mm. then what? Then what am I doing? Like, I mean, the we same, don't have to. Then, still then be- what are you doing? You're doing the same thing that you're doing now. Yeah, but isn't then I'm, then I'm like fucking maverick. You know, I'm just like I haven't changed. I've stayed in stasis for thirty years. There's something kind of like sad about that. Although. His life looked pretty cool. <laughs> Riding motorbikes, kissing babes. <laughs> Maybe there was a message in that for all of us. I mean, I, I guess it depends on whether you want there to be necessarily, whether you believe that you are now the person that you have been kind of evolving into becoming. Like, you know, here are my interests. Here are the things that I'm, you know, like you kind of, you know, you've had – like 20, 25 years of your career, like, you know, you've been married for a while, you've got a kid, like, you know, you've got a house. Like, is this your life? Like, have you put in place the things that are your life, right? Your interests, your friendship groups. Like, I'm not saying that those things won't, like, adapt and, like, you know, you'll, you know, change slightly, but is this in essence – what your life is now and it will be some variation on this for the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years and are you happy with that or do you think there is a not just an evolution but like a revolution to come where suddenly you become – because that's really what you're talking about. Like, Yeah. Yeah. I, what I do you, feel what do you like, think? Let, 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 let's, let's go to David Byrne, uh, the lyrics for Once in a Lifetime, mm. Talking Heads. You may yeah. find yourself living in a shotgun shack. You may find yourself in another part of the world. You may find yourself behind the wheel of a large automobile and you may find yourself in a beautiful house with a beautiful wife and you may ask yourself, Will, what's the answer? How? 
Did I get here? You're not familiar with this song? Sorry, you dropped out. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I was just all I got to... was all I got was here. You're not familiar with this song. I didn't hear anything before that. Oh, so okay. <laughs> all right, I'll pick it up. I said I've got the lyrics here for uh, uh, "Once in a Lifetime" by Talking Heads, which yes. I think you know probably the most famous pop song about um, midlife crisis, I believe. Mm-hmm. So you find yourself living in a shotgun shack. You find yourself in another part of the world. You find yourself behind the wheel of a large automobile with a beautiful house and a beautiful wife. And you may ask yourself, Will. How did I get here? How did I get here? Um, okay. So uh, you let the days go by, let the water hold you down. You may ask yourself, how do I work this? Yes, that's definitely happening. I'm getting mm. more and more terrified by technology. And you may ask yourself, where is that large automobile? No, I know that's in the driveway. I'm looking out at it right now. It's <laughs> so confusing. You may tell yourself, this is not my beautiful house. Well, yeah, it's the bank's beautiful house, Will, if you know what I mean. The bank's beautiful house. My house, the bank's house. And you may tell yourself, this is not my beautiful wife. No. Well, God, I Well, you know, I'm a progressive. Uh, she's not just my beautiful wife. I don't own her, Will. She's not. She's she's, she's a wife of the world. <laughs> I don't she's, know. Is that politically correct? I don't think that is. I don't, what do you mean to say? That didn't sound better to me. <laughs> that sounded worse. Um, water dissolving, water removing. There is water at the bottom of the ocean. Underwater, carry the water, remove the water mm. from the bottom of the ocean. Water dissolving mm. and water removing. What the hell does that mean? I mean, I feel like it's about water. All right. You may ask yourself, <laughs> what is that beautiful house? Yeah. You may ask yourself, where does that highway go to, which is what I'm doing right now, like where this highway that I'm on right now, looking at highlights of little boys playing football. Not little boys, teenage boys, big boys. I mean, not that big. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Your honour. <laughs> you may ask yourself, am I right or am I wrong, which is what I am, and you may say to yourself, my God, what have I done? Well, maybe that's more what the question is, is it's like I've set myself on this path of, you know, whatever, picking up following football however many years ago, and now I'm at this point where I'm like, is this all there is? Well, you can always choose not to. Like that's the thing about football, right? Like to quote Greg Champion, if we're both going <laughs> to <laughs> – Start. <laughs> You're gonna have a good hard look at yourself. <laughs> um, no, I mean the so football <laughs> is an example, right, of something that doesn't matter. If you look at your wife and mm. your you know, child, and even your house, like you know, those are things that like tangible things that like you know, you have married someone, you've chosen to share your life with that person, you've had a child together. And the house is part of, you know, you've chosen somewhere to live in a certain area. Yeah. So, and having somewhere for you to live and raise a family. And that's, yeah. Football isn't one of those things, right? Like it is something that is just a hobby of yours. And it's not important. If you stopped following football, there would be no tangible effect on the house or the wife or the child, you know, these things, right? Um, particularly, you know, when when we talk about Australian football, like as we're speaking, the the Socceroos, which is the Australian like world football team for people listening overseas, um, you know, this is so we, they've made the final sixteen of the World Cup, which is pretty amazing. By the time people hear this, we've probably lost to Argentina. I imagine seeing that they have one player who gets paid pretty much like five times as much as our <laughs> entire, entire team combined. Team. So. <laughs> um, 
But the fact that we've even made it to the final 16 of the World Cup is pretty amazing for a tiny little country, but particularly for a tiny little country where soccer, like you know, football, is not even the – I think they say it's the third most popular football in the country, right? So, you know, and the others, like one of them is the one that we follow, Australian Rules Football, which is like – a game that is only played in Australia, basically, right? And not even like, you know, predominantly played all over Australia or is predominantly played in three states of Australia and then, you know, scattered across the rest of Australia. So in a world sense, it means nothing at all. Even in a national sense in Australia, it means, you know, very little in the grand scheme of things. You've chosen to support it because it's important to you, not because it's important in a national or global sense. Like if you stopped following your football team or if they stopped playing Australian rules football, in the grand scheme of things, life would go on, right? Like there are other sports, people would find other sports to follow, all of these sort of things, right? So it is entirely up to you. However... Is there a no, coming? I'm just saying. Well, I'm, that's my point. Is well, it's my, a- bra- my brain went to however, and and this is exactly honestly mm. what I was thinking when you were saying all that. You're right, 100. Mm. percent But there's part of me that thinks if I were to just stop, mm. you know, and free up all that time, and and mm. you know, and and uh, go from unbecoming to becoming, a bit, mm. <laughs> then they'll win a flag. And it will be like, I'll be like, God damn it. I fucking backed that horse for 40 years of my life. And then I I jump off right before I could enjoy it. And from the current where my mind is now, that seems like unfair and horrible and stuff. But if I was able to get to that point of, um, what's the word? Like, um, I watched this documentary on Netflix last night. There's a series all about psychedelics and they're talking about how they use psychosyllabin and magic mushrooms to help, um, patients who have terminal cancer. And, you know, the overwhelming response they, uh, they get with these patients is an acceptance of death. They go into these things, obviously having a lot of doubt and fear, but, you know, they still want to make the most of the time they have left, but it's less of a, it's more of a understanding that, you know, the psychedelic experience has given this sense of, of oneness. And so, yes, although my mortal form is dying, I feel like I'm going back into the earth and, and you know, I'm okay with that. So I think that if I was to have an enlightenment moment where I could leave the St Kilda Football Club, <laughs> then if they did win the flag, I'd be like, well, that's fine. You know, that needed to happen. I would have no judgment, no but in the current present day mindset of Charlie Clawson, <laughs> the selfish mindset, I'd be like those motherfuckers. They did this on purpose. But but again, <laughs> then this raises the bigger question. If you think that if you stopped supporting this team, they would suddenly have success. I'm how much central, do you central character syndrome? <laughs> yeah. How much do you really care about their success? Because if you truly believe the thing that is stopping them from having success is your support of the team, and if you stepped away and stopped following them, they would have success, then the thing that you should do for the team, if you truly love them and want them to have success, is step away from supporting the team so that they can have that success. I don't think that I am the key uh, element here. I don't think if I step away, they'll win. I'm just saying Murphy's Law, if I stopped following, if I stopped taking an interest. Robert Murphy, Former yeah. Bulldogs captain Robert Murphy's yeah, yeah. Law. Bob, Bob Murphy's Law. <laughs> uh, well, a little while back when we were doing the Forgotten Project, mm. um, we promised people that we would do a reaction video um, to Elias, listener Elias. His brothers oh, yeah. built um, a, uh, a giant human-sized mm. catapult. And then I realized 
um, that we never got around to it. Didn't we so, play? Didn't we do this? No, no, we did the water slide, but we oh, we, right. we we teased the catapult, but we yes. never actually got to okay. it. Okay. Um, so what I thought we could do now is actually we're going to look at this video and react in real time. So can you see that? Uh, yes, yes, I can. Uh, now, this is a great motivation to anyone listening to this to join up to our Patreon because if you do join up to our Patreon, you get to see the full video and you're going to see exactly what we're talking about rather than audio descriptions. Um, so just uh, for people who are listening who aren't watching, what can you see in this opening frame? Okay, so uh, we've got a hill um, I'm going to describe. There's like a, some sort of shed or house at the top of the hill. Uh, then halfway <clears throat> down the hill, there's a sort of uh, – I'm going to say like a, it's like a sort of a, a tractor, a small tractor type thing with like a, a digging implement on the front of it. And then there is a person at the front of that. So I think that's attached to the catapult. So it's a giant uh, catapult. <laughs> so the catapult is like on a little, a mini mound. It's got wheels on the bottom. And then essentially it's like a normal sl slingshot, but just giant. So it's about to give it like sort of a size context. It's about three times the size. It appears to be about three times the height of the sort of mini tractor that is yeah. like attached to it. So it, it probably, would you say it's like about 15, it's probably, I reckon it's about 20 feet long and about 15 feet high. Well, I'm, I'm just going to go on the, the basis of like how tall the person is there who is pictured. So I'm going to say, say they're like nearly six foot tall, maybe not quite six foot tall. It feels like one, two, three, four, at least kind of four times their yeah, height, so, I would have thought. So, oh yeah, you're right. You're probably, yeah, you're right. Maybe, maybe twenty. Let's say, tw let's say twenty feet high. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's long. it's big. It's a okay, giant it's slingshot, basically, um, is what what it is. Like, so but I, it looks I, I, very I, much like a traditional sort of Bart Simpson style <laughs> slingshot, just huge. twenty feet high. So the last time uh, we visited Elias and his brothers was the giant water slide, and you and I were both commenting on just how great like life in Finland. Uh, looks is it Finland? No, Norway. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking about the uh, PM who's out in New Zealand at the moment. Um, life in Norway looks, uh, and because remember they had like the the water slide party, which looked great, and then they just had like a dance party at the end. And um, so let's see if we'd also want to visit them when they bring out the, the human catapult. Well, a bit of dark night there. Might have to mute that for um. I don't know. No one's gonna strike. So I'm assuming this is Elias's brother who's cranking the human yeah. catapult. So it's mechanical. And I mean it does look very medieval. <laughs> it really does. Oh. Okay. Uh, so we're seeing a guy who are we assuming this is Elias's brother? I mean, let's. I don't, I don't know, but let's just but assume. By the way, just as a quick refresher, mm. Elias, our friend from Norway, um, mm. biggest horse in all of Norway, uh, was one of the original Tofop 12, which was our search for the most macho listeners in, in the Tofopiverse. He didn't mention that his brother fucking like builds homemade water slides and then straps himself to like giant catapults. I feel like we've finally discovered why Elias needs some, like, you know, podcast fame on an obscure Australian <laughs> podcast because his brother is this alpha male guy who's shooting himself into space off a giant catapult. Um, so, yeah, we see a guy in a helmet strapping mm. himself and it has a very Red Bull quality, this video. Yeah, like, you know, you see those, you know, there's someone's about to do like one of those uh, gliding videos. Whatever. Anyway, okay, so we see him strap himself in. 
He's taking a couple of deep breaths and he releases the catapult and we'll be back after this break. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the headline is the human slingshot. Yeah. For the okay, last well, 20 now years, we're some me and my team has oh. developed a method that can help people accomplish the impossible. Oh, what we we treat the human like body some... both mentally and physically, helping you visualizing your problems and solving them faster. What is this, Will? We used this method last summer when we built a slip and slide with a loop. But this summer, we wanted to go even bigger. We had an upgrade session to visualize something new that the world has never seen before. <laughs> oh my God, this is amazing. Like, what we're getting here is like a rapid fire, very cool montage of like neurons firing, CGI of neurons firing, intercut with video of whatever Elias and his brothers, their business is it like building water slides and stuff, but also like training, like getting massages and meditating and all that. It's like a, a Rocky montage, right? Yeah, but visualizing what humans are capable of. This is kind of the vibe of it, right? Which is like the human slingshot is not just a human slingshot and the like the catapult is not just a catapult. It's meant to be about like catapulting your human ambitions to the next level or something, right? Oh, it didn't yeah, take long again. until the human slingshot came to mind. After the session, we took the drawings to Welber to help us build it. I mean, how cool is Norway? <laughs> <laughs> at the moment, we're getting literally a montage of like designers looking at a computer at a human slingshot and then like in a workshop working on various like it's basically like a montage from like an Iron Man movie. Basically. I was going to say, right? it's like Iron Man building his suit. Yeah. As soon as I right, so they built the frame to nearby lake to give it a shot. Okay, okay so they've gone down push. to a local lake to just test it out to see if it's going to work. So all the mechanics, so they're basically just, which seems like a sensible way to do it, they've basically put it right next to the lake and instead of a human on it, they've put like a bag of rocks or something, I think, at this point. Okay, so it looks like it shot that bag of rocks about, what, 40 metres, 30, 40 yeah. metres? In, into the water. Yeah. I guess that's no Okay, so it looks like he's actually going to get in it. Okay, so hopefully this is Elias's brother. They're cranking it back. He's putting on his life jacket and a helmet and a wetsuit. All right, we're about to watch him get flung. Okay. I'm quite excited by this. What? Oh, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> He got flung so quick and so far, the cameraman couldn't keep up. He just literally gets flung out of frame. <laughs> Do you want to see that again? Yes. Because <laughs> they, like, I mean, clearly they wanted to film this entire thing. Yeah. And so... <laughs> <laughs> he seems okay. He's chatting to the camera afterwards. And now his little skinnier oh. mate's getting up there. Yeah. <laughs> this should be good. Let's see how far this gets. The guy gets flung. Oh. Oh, so they get him, though. They've got the slow-mo of him. They've worked it out by the second time now to yeah. film it. To make things more interesting. Okay, 30 metres, I reckon. 
and okay. a pool to land in. Oh, okay. So what they've oh. gone, they've gone back to the site. If you've seen no. the water slide video, they've gone back to the farm where the water slide was. So the water slide finished in this little rock pool. But what they're obviously planning to do, because they were testing it by a lake, is they're going to fling themselves on the farm into this tiny little, like it's like a wading pool essentially, now, isn't it? This seems stupid. Yeah. Like the thing before seemed quite fun. You've got a giant lake. You know, it felt like as long as you actually got flung off the slingshot, everything was going to be safe and fine, right? But this looks like a recipe for disaster, what they're I mean, planning right now. imagine doing all those visualisation sessions and yeah. going to see your chakra coach or whatever and say, you know what you guys should do? <laughs> Find the smallest body of water possible yeah. and fling yourselves into that. Okay, this is, yeah, yeah all right, I'm in. Okay, so right now they're digging a grave to dispose of one of the bodies <laughs> if it doesn't work out. And uh, bit of gaffer tape. I had already yeah. visualized that I was going to land in the pool, but we decided to do a test shot just to be safe. So he already visualized that he was going to land in the pool, but it's like, you know, but just to be safe. I yeah. mean, I know that's a foolproof method. <laughs> I know up until now, my visualization has been 100% and we've absolutely nailed it, but just in case. <laughs> Just in case the best way to do something that might kill me isn't just to visualize that it will happen, we might put we might just test it out with a bag of uh, a bag Cement of weights first. Yeah, sand, I suppose. All right, it's beautifully shot. These videos, I've got to say, like I don't know what this company is or what they're doing, but all the rack focusing and stuff. For some reason, this is a bigger build-up than the lake test, I guess. All right. So okay. it's probably built in the same spot as the water slide, about yeah. 50 metres, would you say, from the, the pool? Yeah. And so, yeah. They put a bag, right, so bag like of a cement or something. Bag of cement or like you know, sand or weights or whatever. They assume the same weight as he is and they're going to test if they can get at the... Oh, and it lands oh. dead centre in the pool first time. I oh, mean, that bag of sand had done some excellent visualisation, though. Okay. Okay. So Elias's brother, having just tested the bag of cement, is now weighing himself. I'm assuming to make sure he's exactly the same weight because even like 10 grams off, right? 10 grams of mushrooms that these guys have clearly taken before they fucking came up with this idea. And also, I would suggest that despite the fact that, yes, they might weigh the same, it's the bag of sand wasn't in the shape of a human being, right? Aerodynamically, like, it's still a it's very different shape to be, like, you know, flown through the air, right? You needed a crash test dummy of the, of yeah. the same weight, right? Yeah, because you're going to pinwheel. Well, that's why I can't wait to see how this is. We don't know what Eliza's brother's saying. They seem a bit nervous, though. They're not as gung ho as they were when they were slide. But he's well, because in. there's a real chance of one of them dying in this, I would have thought. All right. Okay. Helmet on, shirt Ooh. off. Here we go. Oh, 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 I mean, oh, he landed perfectly, right? No? I had the sketch of landing, but the length was good. What did he say? I had the what landing? But... Hang on, what? 
I had a sketchy landing, but the length was a sketchy good. landing. We decided. To I mean, the length was perfect. Yeah. So, what did he clip the the crash mat at the end or something? No, I just think it was more that he just like the splat, like you know, he kind he of like did, he did a chook instead of right. <laughs> like a nice dive in, but like he got right in the middle. Like the aim was amazing, and and when you see this, there is not much room for error. No, like if it's a very narrow body of water, and the fact that they've just put a mattress at the front of it just in case, like the, on the like if it went to the side or if it overshot, there doesn't seem to be much that they put in place for it not to work. All right, his skinny little mate's right. getting in now. Tommy's going to have a go. Perfect, and we perfect. were ready. Oh, ready for the human right, slingshot another- party. They're having a party. I knew it, Will. <laughs> this is the best bit. Oh, yeah. All the beautiful Norwegians come out. They're all drinking the sponsor's drink. The, okay. Now, actually, hold on. Pause. Okay. So yes. remember last time we were enjoying the video with mm-hmm. the water slide party, and then we sort of had a moment of, like, sobering reality. It's like, oh, are they Christians? Is this some kind of, like, hill song? So there was just a slogan. Obviously, this is sponsored by a, a, a drink company called Bula, B-U-L-A. I don't know if that's you know the, his brother's company or whatever, but it feels like that's the Red Bull of Norway or whatever. But there was a slogan. Yes on what life. What does that say? Yes on life. Do you reckon that's a corporate slogan or do you reckon that's some kind of like- I'm Googling yes on life just to see. Because you can... were asking, you know, not not in a judgmental point of, uh, from point of view last time, you're like, do you think they're on drugs? Do you think they take drugs? And then we're like, oh, maybe they're just high on life. Yes on life feels on consistent with that message, right? Yes on life, Norway. No, I'm not seeing anything in particular Did you type in B-U- B-U-L-A? B-U-L-A. Bula Bula is a Fijian, Fijian greeting. Um, so, this, so it could be their church group. That could be just like a slogan. It looks like something you'd see at the front of a hill song. Yes, on life. Kind of generic. Yeah. All right, let's get let, let's get back to this party. Let's All see right. how hard these 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 what do you call them? No 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 Norwegians no Normans no Norries party. <laughs> They got decks, DJs, a lot of dudes. No, oh, there's some girls. They got some healthy vegan snacks. And the GoPro's on the helmet now as we're watching a bunch of different Norwegians get flung into the water. Oh, and they've got pyro going now. Because <laughs> why not? I mean. How quickly have they gone from let's testing bags of cement by the lake to I'm just going to do a somersault out of this catapult into the lake through pyro? Yeah, this is – firstly, I think we said this last time, but I've just got to say it again. The occupational health and safety laws in Norway are very different to what they are in Australia because there is just <laughs> – like the idea that you could make this yourself and nobody would know about it in Australia is something you can do, of course. But the idea that you could then have a party and invite all these people and film it. And have you a sponsor. Get, you would get <laughs> shot down sponsor. so quickly. Like they just would not allow you to do this. Like because it just looks so dangerous. Oh, there goes like a real kind of Viking looking dude flung into the water, holding his nuts, which is good. But they look like they've got a fair crowd out. 
I've got to say it doesn't look as fun as the water slide. Maybe because it's a bit more dangerous. That's a great shot. I've got to be honest with you. I feel like out of the two, this would be, I mean, terrifying, of course, but more fun. I actually think that, like, flying through the air, like, because you literally are flying through the air into this, like, small pool and, like, surrounded by hot people again. Whatever this is, whether it's a church organisation or, like, an energy drink or whatever the fuck it is, they manage to, like, find a lot of hot people who are willing to risk their lives. So do you reckon that they are – how are they calibrating for the weight of all these? Because we've seen like half a dozen different people do it now. Yeah. How are they? How are they calibrating it each time? I don't like, know. what is the me- – I mean, just take more mushrooms and visualise it again. <laughs> Get the whiteboard out. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming that's what's – maybe just because I watched that documentary last night, but I'm assuming everyone's on mushrooms The ultimate now. life for me is to develop myself to new levels and help others to do the same. To experience a new energy – Think smarter, visualize new things, and feel feelings that you never felt before. It's a great message. Okay. I'm all for it. Like, I mean, we said it last time, Elias, if you want to invite Will and I over to one of these parties. (laughs) Yeah, we we definitely need some upgrades. I'd be so down for that. How much, how, it'd just be fun, like. Just to be, just to be part of it, just to see what it's like. But then to hang out with all those really good looking Norwegians and stuff and just party. I think we'd have a good time. I think they'd, I think they'd like us. We're sort of, we're interested in, you know, getting the most out of life and stuff, aren't we? Okay, so I've like I googled top human upgrades. Um, all right, now it's it's brought me to a site that. It feels like it, like I mean, it feels very life coachy or like culty. All <laughs> oh, right. No, so I don't. There was a- I don't know, like if it's like, but like just anything that says human upgrades, right? So I'm just going to read you the front page here and see see what we get. Human upgrades is a revolutionary concept with a pioneering method that now makes it possible to order effects and results in human development in the same way as upgrading a car or a computer. With this method. You can get help to find answers to the big question in life, such as what is the meaning of life? Where am I? Where do I want to go? For my Why do question- I keep following the St Kilda Football Club? <laughs> like this is just a message I need to hear right, right now. Get me a human slingshot. Maybe you need to get the St Kilda Football Club to do a preseason trip to Norway oh, over yes. to this farm. Like this yeah. feels like the sort of team bonding camp. Like they need to upgrade. For minor questions as like such as following the root problem and solution to a work conflict or a physical back problem. Oh, I've got a back problem. Human upgrades is particularly suitable for people who want to try something new to develop and who are concerned with the results and the joy of improvement. What do you want to upgrade? And then it's like there's business and like personal upgrades. Um, and then they've got a whole bunch of uh, – like actors, MMA fighters, snowboard athletes. Around the world or is this a global? I mean, they all seem to be Norwegian. Like, I mean, it right. feels like it, it's a Norwegian thing. But it, it ready for an upgrade. Start upgrade. I don't so know what this is, you, whether this is like a. Do you pay them? Like, I mean, it, I, it like looks like a, I mean, it feels like a business, like a, a course, like a. It is funny too, though, like. I mean, I, I think the message is great, but like, 
I don't know that building a giant human catapult is necessarily crystallizes the pursuit of excellence when it comes to human development. Like I think it's a great YouTube video, but I don't know that that to me, if aliens landed and said, what is the pinnacle of human achievement? <laughs> would you point to like, like a symphony written like by Beethoven or would you say, well, there were these guys in Norway <laughs> who built a giant catapult. This is one of those things that looks like it could either be the greatest thing of all time or like you literally are about to like step into some like, you know, like absolute like cult Sex scenario cult. because they've got physical upgrades, mental upgrades, energy upgrades, skill upgrades, business upgrades, sports upgrades, private okay. life upgrades. Well, all right. So is it maybe like it's a network of mentors? So mm. depending on what, you know, you know, like masterclass. It's like you want to improve this area, then you can we can hook you up with these dudes. That's probably what it is. It's probably just like a personal development, personal and professional development network. Torp Upgrades is a business that has spent more than 20 years developing human upgrades, a new concept and method that have created a bunch of a branch of human development, a branch and concept that can be compared to upgrading cars and robots. In other words, you can order specific human upgrades and achieve upgraded results in business, sport, and private life. Torp upgrades can be compared to a t- car tuning station, and just as motor mechanics can repair damage and improve cars, a human upgrader can do the same, but with people. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Does that mean like they come out like if like Gemma took me in, would they? Would the guy just walk around me? Oh, here guy, we go. Geez, it's good. Sven Torp. That's the guy okay. that we've been look uh, that we've been seeing. Okay, that, okay that's he, not Elias's brother then. No, but he's the That's what Torp is. That's right. his last name. Yeah, um, I love that. Like you know, I mean, bring it full circle to the Aussie rules. Like <laughs> the longest kick you can do in <laughs> footy is that's his surname. Because they've got down here. There's a team. So you've got Sven Torp, who's the fellow that we were looking at, and then there's like a, a couple of there's three upgraders. Okay, I think they were, I think they were all in the video. So okay. okay. So all right. So those people we've just seen in the video, we saw that the woman and the two guys, they're yep. they're both upgraders. And then there's okay. the founder, which is Sven, which is the guy that we were watching in this in the video. So all right, okay. Well let's now I'm 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 a bit fascinated by this. I want to see what's going on here. Um it's a lot of language that's not really entirely explaining what it is that they do though. That's the thing that raises the red flags, <laughs> though, isn't it? Because it's like, what is the business here? Yeah. They want to, like, yeah. Like, I mean, what's, yeah, what's what's behind it? <laughs> is it one of those things where you have to sign, you have to fill out your contact details to find yeah. out more? That's always the scary one where it's like, yeah, just um, give us your details and we'll get back to you with a quote. Well, it just, it, like, you just never know with something like this where you go, kind of go, well, look at that cool thing that they've done. It feels like it might be something that's like, yeah, I mean, the Norwegians, they've just worked out a way to, like, you know, expand yourself to the next level. And maybe this is, do you think this is like a long con by Elias that he's been trying <laughs> to get us <laughs> to get two podcasters on? I uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I I've, there's a lot of these kind of businesses online now. Like you see, you know, there's training for everything, and there's like mentor networks, and you know, you want to start your e-commerce business, you know, sign up to this and blah blah blah. blah. So I, I feel like it's just that, but. I don't know. I mean, it's are they asking for any kind of upfront fee or is there like a course model or anything like that? No, it feels like, I mean, look, like you said, it feels like anyone who's like these modern day guys who are trying to like, you know, biohack humanity. 
you know, how do you take human experience to the next level? That's what it feels like at the moment. And then, yeah, there's not really mm, interesting. All right. Well, there you go. I know. Well, Elias, if you are still listening, um, thank you for sending that in. And just give us a bit more info on what Torp is all about. Like Torp is obviously, that's not your brother unless you guys have different surnames. Um, But uh, what's the deal? Let let us know what Torp is. Um, In the meantime, we've got a bit of mail, uh, Will, and this is stuff that we're going to have to catch up on while I was away. So this came in. Well, the 4th of November, which is not too bad, from Matthew. Uh, hey, Will and Charlie, let me start with, I've always wanted to say long-time listener, first-time caller. However, I've received the same amount of joy from typing it. Oh, okay. Uh, just to dive back into five discussions quickly, I loved all the episodes breaking down five so much that I finally showed my partner Tofop. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> that, that was, of all the things we've discussed, this is the one that's going to get her in. We recently enjoyed a small road trip where we both rediscovered our love for the band. I told my girlfriend about the podcast's concern for Jay's welfare and she jumped on board the Is JOK movement. Today, on my 31st birthday, my girlfriend surprised me with the fact that she'd been listening uh, to, uh, he said Todos. I'm assuming that's Tofop misspelled, T-O-D-O-S. I mean, you'd assume so, right? Autocorrect. I've been listening to Tofop to understand what was going on. Todos, though, I like that. That's an alternate universe version of our show, T-O-D-O-S, Todos. Tofop, to understand what was going on with Jay. She then handed me a present, which was a meet and greet um, to tickets to the Sydney show on the 11th and 11th uh, this year. She advised that if um, time permits, we may make Is JOK t-shirts be kind of icebreakers when meeting the three <laughs> remaining members. Do you think that would be an icebreaker though? Uh, well, I think it must have been because I remember these guys posting photos. They did wear the Is JOK oh. t-shirts. I think you'd need to explain mm-hmm. what it was and then maybe be like, it definitely break some ice. Whether or not that ice would quickly reform and sink your ship, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I know this won't get to you guys in time, but if there's any further questions you'd like to ask us, which uh, brings us to another thing that we uh, forgot to get to on the Forgotten Project. Um, we said we we're going to talk more about uh, Five. Uh, and that story is basically we had an opportunity to be put in contact with the three remaining members of Five. So Andrew Levins from Do Go On is also a DJ, and he was their tour DJ when they were last out in Australia, and he offered to uh, introduce us to the three remaining members of five. But I think the offer happened a bit too – the timing wasn't right. I was still away or something. You were still away. You were overseas when five were in the country. But Levin said that um, he would happily come on uh, a TOEFOP episode and talk us through the experience. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, let's do that because I feel like I'm not ready to talk to the three three of five. But I think – Levens would be good. That'd I got nice I got the impression from Levens that speaking to Levens about it might be more fun than speaking <laughs> to the three out of five about it. Uh, all right. Um, this is from Helen who says, hey, guys, have you been watching the current season of The Good Fight on SBS? I think may I will may have watched it in the past. Do you know what's The Good uh, Fight? I'm not up to date. Uh, okay. it's, but it, The Good Fight was a spinoff of The Good Wife. A very good show, but it got absolute like it's it's it became Is that very. Gina Davis, no, no. Um, it was so the original show, The Good Wife, was yeah, um, Juliana Magalhães, yes, and about the like the politician who's like it was based on that idea of like a a wife staying with a like cheating sort of politician husband, but it developed into this like yeah, quite surreal like law firm show, and then the 
good the the spin-off became even more like I mean one season was set in kind of like a parallel universe and anyway I need to sit down and, and watch it all it's it's one of those ones that um people people say that is really good but I ha- I'm not up to date on it no uh, this is just a quick message from Jess, just saying, uh, my husband and I are both teachers and we listen to Tovop on the way home from work most days. In episode 400, Will said something really nice and kind about teachers, which came to me at the end of a really tough day. It meant a lot. I just wanted to say thank you. Yeah, man, teachers are the best. I've got two siblings who are teachers. It's a fucking tough job, man. Like, especially in the last three years, what teachers have been expected to do. Like, my talking to my brother about, like, trying to change the curriculum to be online and then when they started getting students back, having to have every single contingency plan in place for like a sudden kind of outbreak of COVID or whatever, while also still like, you know, trying to educate kids and develop them as young humans. They do do the toughest job going around already. Then it was made even tougher by the circumstances of having to completely pivot to be able to educate people from home. And most parents, if you listen to them talk about what it was like for them to be in charge of their kids' education, suddenly, you know, it was like, well, I can't do this. This is ridiculous. This is ruining my life. <laughs> Didn't really translate into appreciating teachers more, which I think was a weird, you know, gap in people's expectations there. And then teachers had to do half and half a lot of the time. You know, there were some kids at school and then there were some still at home having to learn in that environment. And then, yeah, now to be back trying to deal with kids who've gone through this period of time and are readjusting to like all those socialization things, educational things like, and the fact that in Australia, the other thing is that the discrepancy between the public system and the private system is so outrageous. One of the worst in the world. You talked before about the Finnish prime minister being, uh, you know, down in this part of the world recently. And I was reading a lot about, cause their education system is like admired as being, one of the best in the world. And it's because there is barely any discrepancy between the levels of education that people get, you know, there. Like, you know, there isn't that. So, like in Australia, there was just this massive gap between the entrenched privilege of private education versus like the public education system. And in the area that, you know, that I have been living in in Sydney, like you just drive past these schools that basically, like, Beautiful. Yeah. Like the kids who go to these schools would look at Hogwarts and go, that is a shithole. I would never go to that shithole Hogwarts. Hogwarts does not have like 180 degree views of Sydney Harbour. Sydney Harbour and the Opera House, you know, like doesn't have an Olympic sized swimming pool and like, you know, diving tower. Football, you know, like football oval with like, you know, stands that are bigger than ones that most professional teams play at. Like it's ridiculous the discrepancy like between the, yeah, the, the the school systems here in Australia as well. So I just, yeah, I have nothing but admiration for teachers. And it's also one of those jobs that, you know, when, when the pandemic was on and I was thinking about what I could do with my, like, life, one of the only things that I think I have the skill set to do is be a teacher, but I just wouldn't have the, like, the actual practical skill set of being able to do it. I just don't think I could just handle it. It's just too hard a job. Uh, we'll finish with one final letter. Uh, before I do that, uh, we've already plugged two guys one cup, so that'll be back over the summer. Two episodes up on the listener platform. Uh, Fofop, uh, the last couple, uh, James Clement, Mr. Sunday Movies from the Weekly Planet. That's a really great chat. Um, and then uh, Podcast Mike came on this week uh, uh, to sort of explain what's going on with him. Uh, not Moving on, but not necessarily moving on. He's still very much involved in the Tofop universe. Um, but we talk a lot about his favourite band, Blink-182, because I'm not sure if you were caught 
by surprise, Will, like I was, but I didn't realize that Blink-182 were the most beloved band on the, on the planet. I, I missed it. It's just, I was aware of Blink-182, but when they announced this kind of reunion and there was just such an outpouring of love online, I'm like, I, I missed that. So podcast Mike, who's a huge Blink-182 fan, he walks me through it. And I must admit, like I have a much greater appreciation for the band Blink-182. <laughs> And uh, I have a stand-up special. It's called Logical. You, by the time you hear this, you'll be able to watch it on ABC iView. It will have already been on TV. But if you would like to watch Logical, uh, it is on ABC iView. And my tour for next year, Illuminate, is on sale all around the country. I've announced da- dates in a whole bunch of places and a few places that I haven't been to in years. So, um, hang on. So you had a show called Illuminati, yep. and now this is Illuminate. Yep. Are they related? No, they're different. Illuminati is like a different thing to – well, one's, know, one's based know, on the Illuminati and one's based on Illuminate. It's not beyond They're the two realm different of things. like <laughs> – I know, but it's not – but there, it, it wouldn't be uh, uh, too big a stretch to think that they'll maybe related because there is some kind of like textural similarity. I'm going to blow your mind, Charlie. They're all related because they all have will in the title. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Hey, Will and Charlie, long-time listener. I'll keep it short. Have you heard or seen anything about Russell Crowe's new movie, Poker Face? I apologize in advance if you've talked about this already. Love, Billy. Um, has there Also, has there any been any on-air discussion about Frenzel Rom's song, uh, I think, uh, about Russell Crowe? That's worth a discussion. If not, I don't think we've ever discussed that song. I like I, – and, you know, I, I still hold out hope that we can maybe get Rusty, at least not on, you know, he probably wouldn't lower himself to Tofa, but you could probably get him on a philosophy or something like that. So I refuse to to make fun of, of, of Russell Crowe. There is a chance. He's been very nice about my stand-up. And I have a new special out, Russell, if you haven't heard about it. It's called <laughs> Logical. Um, but my dream is Tofop 500. It's a double bill, 30-odd foot of grunt. And, and Tofop. Tofog and Tofop, double bill. That would be amazing. Right? Like that, that's something to aim for. Yeah. That, how do we make that happen? We've got uh, we've got 95 episodes to plan for it. So how do we make that happen? What about if like this This is the gig? So Tofog open for Tofop? No, it's kind of like a combo. So they're like our house yeah. band, right? So yeah. Russell's on an episode of Tofop, but Tofog are there like house band style. Yeah, yeah. And just yeah. like we, we talk with Russell and then just like every – 10, 15 minutes, he gets up and does a song. He wanders over. Yeah. I love it. I think it's great. I mean, yeah. who wouldn't want to go see that? Um, have not seen Poker Face. Uh, I think Based it's on the late Lady Gaga song, right? Uh, correct, yeah. yes. Um, I think it's interesting in the trailer that they're all doing Aussie accents. So my understanding about Poker Face was made during the pandemic. That's why it's like 98% Australian actors shot in Australia. I believe they had to shut down because of COVID for a time and then pick it up again. And it looks like it's one of those films shot in all like a contained space. So it seems like a perfect COVID film. Um, But I was really impressed in the trailer that they all do Aussie accents because like the way it's been marketed is like a slick kind of Hollywood production and generally they'd all be doing American accents. But I love the idea that all these kind of like high rollers, like 90% of them are Aussies. <laughs> like they all, well, they all, they're all like fucking media magnates then. I mean, if that was going to be a realistic, who are the, the wealthiest people in Australia? Mining, media magnates, what else? Um, oh, well, you know, they're like literally we have like the guy who owns like Mona in Tasmania was a professional gambler. Like, that's how he made all his money as a professional right? gambler. Yeah, exactly. That's how he could afford like, you know, a museum of like, you know, this incredible art is he just made all this money as a professional gambler. Right. Well, maybe we should mm. we need to see that story. 
Hey, and we could call it Hey Mona. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, I think that would be absolutely fine. But people are fine with Craig McLaughlin, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. If it's, the, it's time for a comeback. Yeah. Uh, I'm Charlie Coulson. I'm Will Anderson.